Alrighty, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay, apologies for, for, for the inconvenience for the last few days. Hopefully you had uh, a couple of days off to chill and relax. Uh, but uh, we have class today. And uh, let me just verify, I think... Uh, tomorrow we might have a time conflict. Tomorrow, okay, so we have class today, obviously, because we're here. We will not have class tomorrow, inshallah, and then we'll resume uh, on Thursday. Uh, basically, we're having a, an orientation of the uh, for the uh, first years. Okay, so, so continuing our exploration of clauses and manifestations of rejection. One of the points that I left off with um, in the, the previous classes was that we're going to, uh, as we go through these lists, we're going to also start categorizing them. There are some, some things that are that are we would identify as causes, and then there are going to be some things that are manifestations of those causes, and then there are going to be some things that are manifestations of those manifestations. And so our, our job is to try to uh, take these puzzle pieces and make sense of them. If we did not do that, it's still perfectly fine. We're going to see all kinds of wrong behaviors. And so, so let's pull this up. And I think there's somebody who needs to be uh, there. Okay. So, Sorry, just scrolling through. We looked at uh, uh, wrong things people do regarding scripture. We looked at wrong things people do regarding their oaths, their commitments. And, and so now, uh, let's see. I believe we are uh, at Aya 87. Uh, is that correct? Do we do Aya 86? If anyone has your, your, your notes. Or in fact, I-86 is a good place to, to begin. So, So these are the people who have bought this life in exchange for, for the hereafter. So very commonly we speak of, of the difficulty of people growing in their deen being their attachment to dunya. And, and what I'm suggesting that I did, I think in the first course, is that the most essential challenge is love of self versus love of Allah. The narcissism versus the aspirations of getting closer and closer to Allah. And so I'm suggesting for our purposes that, that the love of dunya is a variation of love for the self. But whether it is or not, immersion in the dunya is, is often one of the big obstacles to belief. So the way we often frame it is that you keep the dunya in your hand and not in your heart. Okay. You control the, your access and love for the dunya. Do not let the dunya control uh, your love for it. And then we also spoke uh, in previous courses about the etymology of the word dunya. So at one level, we mean this world in contrast to the akhirah. Uh, and then it, when we go even deeper, 
Am I frozen? No, we lost you for like five seconds. Okay, so so we spoke of dunya at one level being this world, something uh, deeper being uh, that which is low, and then going even deeper into the etymology of dunya, something that is very very close, but when you reach for it, it escapes from you. And so so think of this as part of the design of dunya. On the one hand. We said that the whole design of everything around us and within us is that everything is an ayah of Allah. Everything is calling us to Allah. Everything is saying, look at me, look at my wonder, look at my beauty, and then from there, appreciate my creator. At the same time, everything in dunya is also a snare, like a trap, saying, come closer to me, come closer to me. And so which one of the two it becomes comes again down to the orientation in my heart. If my heart is oriented toward Allah, everything becomes an ayah of Allah. If my orientation, imagine like uh, the needle of a compass, if instead of focusing, fo focusing towards Allah, it's focusing towards me, then the dunya becomes a series of traps. I mean, the traps are there anyway, because shaitan is always trying to lure us in. And so these are the people who are selling off the hereafter and buying the, uh, uh, buying the life of this world. Yep. That, again, I think is straightforward uh, in terms of our common discourse about life, about Dean, about temptations and, and, and such. Yep. Now, obviously, of course, this is not saying that our prescription is to become someone who lives in a cave and has abandoned the world. Our version of an ascetic, our version of a zahid, is what? Is someone who stays away from the haram. Okay. That's our definition of, of an ascetic. Okay. That it's the haram that you distance yourself from. And then as you get closer to Allah, you start, so to speak, tightening your belt. And uh, uh, But as the Prophet, peace be upon him, uh, we know that he had a favorite person. We know that he had favorite things that he liked to do. He liked, you know, he a uh, favorite thing that he liked to eat. And so if he is the model, then it is perfectly legitimate for you and I to have favorites. Uh, but again, it's the question is what control, what, uh, what's, uh, who is controlling? What is the appetite controlling me or am I controlling the, the uh, appetite? Okay, uh, I-87, we have touched on before, uh, at least briefly. So in the context of Bani Israel, it says Allah Ta'ala did give them uh, the, the Torah and then follow them up with messengers after messengers after messengers, right? All the way from Musa alayhi salam to Isa alayhi salam. And we gave Isa alayhi salam clear proof, supported him with Ar-Ruh, uh, uh, with Ruh al-Quddus, yeah. But then we have this part right here. Okay, anytime a messenger comes to you with something you do not want, we have these layers of response. You become arrogant. You start accusing these people of lying. And then you resort to violence. And here we have, this is a, a good three-level uh, three process to, to observe. Uh, which I think we probably wrote way back in the in the first course, but just repeat. When 
faced. with truths we don't want to face. Okay. We, level one is to hide behind arrogance. Okay. This is the story of Shaitan himself, that whether the command was for him or not, he refused. And then he hid behind arrogance. So arrogance is a defense mechanism that we take on when we don't want to face the truth of something. It, meaning we know it's truth, but we don't want to face it. We hide behind this as a shield. And as a shield, think of it as shielding yourself with something like a balloon. It's something very, very flimsy. Uh, and then if that is not enough for us to feel safe, then we accuse the messenger uh, of lying. This is fake, this is bogus, this is fake news. If we don't want to face the truth of it. And if that is not enough for us to feel safe in our, our little hole, then we resort to violence. And so think of these as escalations. This is also a very simple summary of the Quraysh against the Prophet, peace be upon him. And in fact, we can add uh, one before item one, which is basically to ignore him. But, you know, at first they laughed him off. He is inviting them over for dinner. And he's saying no one among the Arabs has had a message more noble than mine. And he's telling them he's a, he's a prophet of Allah. Peace be upon him. And he's calling them to embrace it. And then little Ali, he embraces the message. And then these guys, the uncles start laughing and then they leave. And then, and then what starts happening, they resort to character assassination. You know, he's a poet, he's a soothsayer, he's here to, to split up uh, our families. And they even accuse him of just making all this up or plagiarizing it using our language. And then when that is not enough, then they start attacking his, his, weaker, his weaker followers by torturing them. And then when that is not enough, they escalate to deciding that they have to kill him. And then eventually, you know, we go to the to the hijra and then the battles and such. And so this is a summary of what happens when we're faced with truths that we do not want to face, truths we abhor. Okay. So this is the behavior of nifaq. This is the behavior of, of a type of kufr. Okay. When faced with truth. And again, the key thing uh, I'm suggesting is that we're recognizing that it's truth. If we don't recognize that it's truth, then you know, we'll probably not be going through, through these behaviors at all. Okay. <clears throat> now, this is getting closer to a cause. Our hearts are enveloped. Our hearts are all wrapped up. And so what is that saying? It's too late for us. We're too deep in our own traditions for any sort of hope, redemption, or transformation. 
And then the language here is, is kind of scary. Bal, so like, no, la'nahumullah. The curse of Allah be upon them, be kufrihim, because of rejection. So what is the behavior here? The behavior here is despair. And remember way back when we were getting into, we were talking about hope and fear, and we spoke about, about despair. We said that despair is fear without any hope in it. And that is a privilege we do not have. We do not have the privilege of, of giving up. So just to repeat this drawing from before, Uh, let's see. Oh, yes. Perfect. Okay. So we have and the middle would be zero. And this is the path of fear. This is the path of hope. And one point we made back then was that all hope contains fear in it. All fear contains hope in it. Again, what is hope? Hope is I want this to happen, but I'm afraid it will not. What is fear? I don't want this to happen, and I hope it will not. Or hope is I don't want this to happen, but I'm afraid it will. Fear is I don't want this to happen, or uh, I'm afraid that it won't happen, but I hope it will. And then uh, we said hope without any fear is certainty. And fear without any hope is despair. And despair was the behavior of Iblis. And that is something that we are not allowed to have by definition. Because to have despair, it means you do not believe in the Rahmah of Allah. So... So the language again is is so fierce that Allah Ta'ala is, they're saying, you know, we're too deep in what we've done. And Allah Ta'ala is calling them out uh, for kufr. Okay. And not just calling them out, cursing them for it. Which is, is very scary. For our purposes, again, uh, I suspect that none of us uh, even if we've teetered close to despair, the fact that we're sitting here in this class uh, uh, implies that we have some amount of hope. Maybe it's the hope that the class will finally end. Anyway, the point being that uh, this is not something that we have as a choice. Okay, <clears throat> 89 is pretty interesting. Of course, it all is because it is a Quran. Okay, when there comes to them a book from Allah confirming what they have, and they used to, before that, they used to seek victory yeah, over the people of Kufr. Yeah. So when what comes to them is something that they recognize, they reject it. Okay. And then again, Allah curses them or puts the curse on the Kafirs. Okay, so, so to put this into simple language, we have the, the Jews of Medina who are in Medina, in Yathrib, according to our sources, they're there because according to their narrations, the final prophet is going to be coming. 
who is going to give them glory over the kuffar. Good. And so they literally, they made hijrah for this from wherever their homes were. And then <laughs> the prophet that they're waiting for who will give them victory over the kafirs is an Arab. Is not one of them. They wanted this. They sought this. They prayed for this. They changed their lives for this. And they're also being given what they asked for. But it was not given the way they wanted it. And thus, they rejected him. And so, so this is a couple things. We made the point before about about when uh, the in, when we were speaking about the complaint of the children of Israel to Musa salam saying we're bored with eating one food, can can you ask you know can you can you call upon your Lord to give us cucumbers and beans and all of that stuff, and the result the answer to the prayers was agriculture. Okay, go ahead live a life of agriculture which is lower than what you had. You have food literally delivered uh, to you already prepared luxurious food, and a point there we made is that when I am praying for something, unintentionally, I'm also praying for, for the consequences of what I've prayed for. So if I am praying for a higher salary, I might also be praying for higher expenses. You know, uh, that might come with you know, a higher salary, higher, uh, I might live a, a more uh, luxurious lifestyle, which is still totally halal, and then uh, uh, then, you know, other struggles, uh, then more expenses, uh, and then more costs like insurance and all those things. Okay. So that's one issue. Another issue is that what I'm praying for, I may get, but not the way that I want it. Because okay. that's exactly what has happened here. They prayed for this. Like we said, they even moved for this to an unknown land for them. And if they had embraced the prophet, peace be upon him, they would have gotten victory over the coffers. But they didn't get the prayer the way they wanted. So in terms of the du'as that we make to Allah Ta'ala, there's a couple things that we cannot apply. One thing we cannot apply is a deadline to, to Allah's, to our prayers. Okay. Now, think before... Uh, I should probably, before saying that, I should probably take a step back. Uh, this ayah that we have, again, in the context of fasting. Is that, you know, Allah Ta'ala says that he calls, he, he answers the call of the caller when they call. Right, this is like ayah 186 or something like there. Uh, uh, here it is. Okay, so I answer the call of the caller when they call. Okay. And so before, how do we explain that? That the prayer of my heart is always answered. The prayer of my tongue, I might get what I'm asking for, or I might have a burden removed from me, or I might get the prayer answered in Akhirah, and then when I see that, I wish all my prayers were answered in Akhirah. Okay, so that's one point to think about. One limitation regarding the prayer of the tongue is I can't give a lot of deadline. Okay, please make this happen for me by tomorrow. Okay, that's, that's not in our options for du'as. And other prayers also have limitations. Like if you're praying 
you know, for someone else to change, uh, there it's more related to whatever is in their heart, right? We have, of course, uh, the Prophet, peace be upon him, who is praying for one of the two Umaras to become Muslim, and then so Amr bin Hisham uh, uh, and uh, Amr bin al-Khattab, and then we know the first one was Abu Jahl, and the last one became one of the greatest of all, of all Muslims. Uh, but still, we're limited in terms of what to pray for the change of other people. We're also, we can't pray for things. I mean, you can pray for them, but don't expect them to get accepted like prayers for where Allah Ta'ala has already stamped uh, an answer. Like, for example, you know, when someone is going to die, they're going to die. Now, uh, another concern here is, can I be happy with Allah's answer to my prayer is a very, it's a mark of very deep ingratitude that if I am seeing my prayer getting answered, I'm saying, no, that's not what I wanted. So just a couple of eyes ago, we had people who didn't want to face the truth and so then they fought, arrogance, accusing it of lying and accusing of violence. That's against the caller. Here is now uh, from Allah, that if Allah is not answering my prayer to my satisfaction, I'm essentially saying Allah is not serving me to my satisfaction. Isn't that what I'm saying? Good one. Good. And so part of your essence of dua is we're taught to pray for everything. Good. Uh, but your essence of dua should be one of vulnerability, of need of submission. And so here we have the opposite. And we're going to see more of this playing out over the next 10 or so, 20 or so ayahs, uh, because this becomes a seed for increased tribalism. And so this, I'm suggesting, is a manifestation of ingratitude. Okay, uh, let me, uh, I know there are a bunch of questions, and so I'm going to pause here for a moment. Uh, uh, Malahat, you had a question? Yeah, I have a question that, you know, the not the all denial is based upon arrogance. Some based upon ignorance too, right? Uh, give me an example, because uh, I, I want to suggest that that's not necessarily denial. So so sometimes the, the new information presents to someone, and it's very hard to accept that. Mm -hmm. You know, like some, like, for example, right now, the COVID area, yeah. Like half of the population is kind of in a denial mode. They're saying there's no virus exists. Like the whole country, like Pakistan, is mm -hmm. kind of in denial mode. So mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, the, the lack of information or some new information make you defensive that you, you cannot comprehend the idea and cannot accept that. Mm -hmm. That is another form of arrogance or this is more like an ignorance? That sounds to me like level two, accusing it of being lying. Mm. Right? Saying it's a hoax. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah thanks. Absolutely, inshallah. Uh, uh, Mahan Mirza, and more stress on the job. Uh, I mean, you could translate that. No, no, when you were when you were saying that if you ask for a higher salary, the example. Mm. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Other things that come. <laughs> Actually, that's a good example. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good example of that. That was better than mine, mashallah. Yeah. And yeah. mashallah, Mahan is going through with that phase right now. Oh really? Okay. Alhamdulillah. Minus minus sometimes you get the 
consequences without the actual uh, benefit. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay, watch out, it's still good news. Uh, uh, let's see if there's anything else I want to touch upon uh, uh, for today. Uh, okay, yeah, actually, no, I-90 codes continues this point. This is beginning this, this uh, sentiment of ingratitude and then how it starts transforming into tribalism. So I-90 says, how wretched is it that for which they have sold themselves, that they would reject in what Allah has revealed okay, because they're upset that Allah is sending his favor upon whomever he wills okay, from his servants. And so they returned and they have ghadab upon ghadab. Okay. And for the coffers, it is this horrendous punishment. So this point, again, we're going to be forming more and more about tribalism. And so the point to consider is that tribalism in its essence is a type of envy. And that envy is fueled by ingratitude. So any supremacist movement that we have, whether it's religiously affiliated, a Muslim supremacist movement, Christians, Jewish, etc., white supremacists, whatever the case may be, uh, I'm suggesting through these ayahs that its essence is not supremacy as much as it is envy. And the envy is fueled by ingratitude. And, and this, is a, this is, I think, a trap that is easy to fall into. But essentially, I'm saying, when you take collective ingratitude, so this person has ingratitude in their heart, this person has ingratitude in their heart, and this collective envy, when you start putting it together, a consequence is a supremacist movement, a tribalism. So that's what is taking place here. They prayed for... for, for conquest over the kuffar and the leader of that conquest is going to be an arab not one of them and so they are jealous that allah ta'ala is giving out of his bounty to whomever he wills a point that we made very very early on was that part of my outlook in terms of my iman is that i should reach a point where i truly feel that allah can give of his bounties to whomever he wills he already has that authority. It's me recognizing that he has that authority. It's me recognizing that he has that freedom. The harder it is for me to do that, the more likely I'm going to have uh, jealousy. So on the one hand, jealousy is fueled by ingratitude. On another hand, jealousy is fueled by my inability to accept that Allah is free to give whomever to whomever he wills. Now, one point that's also built into Allah's freedom to give whomever he wills, it doesn't mean that there's less for me. So it's not as though Allah Ta'ala has 100 pieces of bounty and he gives 50 to that person, which means only 50 left for me, and then he gives 40 to that person, which means no, 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 no. Obviously, you and I know his bounty is infinite, but when we're seeing someone else is getting bounty, uh, it could be that I'm feeling jealous because of a lack of gratitude for what he's already given me. It could be that I'm feeling jealous because I feel like, no, he doesn't have his authority. He is in submission to me. And then related to that, that I feel like I have less available for me. 
And this also plays out in that question we had, can a non-Muslim go to paradise? A lot of times the people who say, no, a non-Muslim can, can, cannot go to paradise, the sentiment is that there's less for me if we give some to them. But that's a wrong outlook. And this compels some people towards kufr, which is the fascinating thing about human nature, which I think it would reflect on, on it, uh, all of us understand this. It's that sentiment of sour grapes you know, that Aesop's fable, you have the, the fox who sees the grapes hanging from the vine. Do grapes go on a vine or a tree? It doesn't matter. So, so he's, the fox is jumping up, can't, uh, can't reach it, jumps again, jumps again, jumps again, and then decides, no, they're sour. Good. And so, uh, so it's basically accusing. Fine. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Marshall. Uh, so, so that behavior is a path towards kufr. See, Allah Ta'ala doesn't directly call him, call them kafirs here, right? But the behavior is one of kufr. Okay. And all the way at the beginning of the chorus, we say when you have kufr juxtaposed with shukr, then in that context, kufr is ingratitude. Okay. This is in the ayahs on Luqman alayhi salam. Okay. Oh. Uh, the next one is going to get uh, get more interesting. Let's pause right here. Let's open the floor for any other questions, thoughts, reflections about anything else. Anything. Blank stairs, like undergrads. Nothing. Oh, uh -huh, you have a question. Yeah. Um, uh, you had said that Tribalism is a result of envy, which is a result of, uh, you know, like gratitude. Yeah. Could you um, like replace tribalism with the word anger? And I'm wondering if, you know, through these, uh, you know, ayahs, you know, we get our, our duas granted, see, but not on our own, like, you know, terms. And that seems to, you know, or, or that could be a process that, you know, continues over our like entire, our, you know, our lives. We see blessings around us and it's not on like our terms. Can anger come up from this like process? If I'd say absolutely. I mean, if we think all the way back to our Surah Al-Fatiha lectures, I, I was juxtaposing gratitude with anger, right? We say gratitude is like water, anger is like fire. And there I was speaking of anger uh, or, in, or ingratitude or jealousy to be a type of anger. And this is also consistent in what we find in, in supremacist or tribalist movements. There's often, there's, there's the pulse of anger that is very much present in them. You know, uh, I'd say that's very, very consistent. Any other questions about anything at all? Nothing else? Alrighty, so then inshallah we can stop right here. And uh, once again, we do not have class tomorrow, inshallah, because I have a, a, a interfaith panel for Loyola. And then uh, inshallah, and then we will reconvene on whatever the next day is, Thursday. And then, and then uh, so we'll have class Thursday, Friday. What day is Eid supposed to be? Is it Sunday? Okay, Sunday, Sunday, inshallah. So, uh, depends on the mood. Uh, so is it a Saturday, Sunday, or is it a Sunday, Monday? I think it's a Saturday, Sunday. Saturday, 
Saturday, Sunday, I think. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday. Okay. So, so, so we'll have class again Thursday, Friday. Um, assuming Eid is for everyone on Sunday, we can also have class on Saturday, and then you know, y'all can decide if you want to have class on um, Sunday as well, or if you want to take the day off and go hug your family members because you can't really leave the house. And then we can reconvene with class, inshallah, next week. All right. So, inshallah, I will see you all on Thursday. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu illa ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka natubu ilayk. May Allah tell you all, inshallah. And we will continue with today's. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.